Welcome to the People Performance Podcast with Renee Vincelli, where people come before performance. Welcome, everyone, to the People Performance Podcast. This is Renee Vincelli. I hope you're doing well today. This is episode four. On today's show, we are going to talk about priorities, both from a personal perspective as well as from a team or organizational perspective, setting priorities, keeping priorities, what it takes to prioritize well. A lot of this content um, at the beginning here is going to be related to organizational or business priorities or team priorities for those of you who lead a team at work, who are a part of the team at work and are part of a process of helping your team think through priorities for the year. Uh, Maybe you're getting ready for 2022 and getting ready for all that comes with that, uh, your team, your organization, your your group that you're a part of, um, really thinking through, you know, what do we want to focus on in the new year? So that's our topic topic for the day. I'm going to start with this topic of organizational priorities, and then I'm going to talk uh, towards the end of the show today about really the habits and routines and priorities of people that are successful. Uh, I thought it would be valuable to talk about both pieces, the team view as well as the personal view. Um, I've got some thoughts on both of these, and I thought uh, that both would be of value to you. So first, let's talk about teams and organizations Like I said, this is the time of the year. Um, In addition to the holidays and all that comes with the holidays, folks are wrapping up the current year and getting ready for the new year. Um, I think we've got three weeks left um, at the point that that you're all going to hear this. And a lot going on. So people are thinking through resources and budgets and timelines and all they have to do to get things in place to execute their agenda for next year. And and most typically you end up in a situation if if you're like most organizations where you have way more that you want to do than you can do. And so you're left with a a set of decisions on how do we move forward. And so I'm going to give you all today a view of four key elements of organizational prioritization that are pretty simple on the surface, um, but are very difficult in my experience to do well. And I I don't think that um, this is not for lack of trying. I think these are challenges for everybody um, and and are hard to really get right. So I'm going to share these these few things, these four elements of prioritization from a team perspective. And then we'll we'll talk, uh, like I said at the end, about really that personal priority setting and, and how to get that right. So if you're on a team or you're part of an organization and you're looking at prioritization, you're thinking about how can we do this well, the first thing you want to think about is really what are all of the possibilities? What are all the things that we could do? So, you know, taking a look at your strategy, taking a look at your agenda as an organization, your broader goals for the year, maybe your five-year plan, your three-year plan, whatever the case might be, and really thinking through what are all those things, the laundry list of things that we could do potentially to meet those strategic objectives that we have. Um, You're probably going to end up with a list of, you know, let's just make it up and call it 20, and maybe you're going to have to land on five or 10 of those 20 things that you want to do. A lot of times in a team or in an organization, this is a, a group exercise, right? So there's a broader strategy, there's a lot of ideas, and there's sort of a culmination uh, of those ideas into one list of possibilities that comes together. Really thinking through that, um, and then also not only thinking about those possibilities and those items one by one, but 
Also thinking through how likely is each of these things to be successful. So if you look at each one independently and you think about a variety of factors, you could think about the finances, obviously. You know, are we going to get for this thing what we think we're going to get for it um, if we do it? That's certainly one thing. Um, But beyond that, what is the organizational appetite to do this thing? What is the the customer or client perspective on this potentially? Do we have insight into that? How long it's going to take for our clients and our employees to adopt or uh, or accept this change we want to make if it is an employee or client-facing change? What is the amount of change we're going to be putting on the organization if we do this and do this well? So what assumptions have to what assumptions do you have to make about the success of this thing we want to do to be willing to accept that we should go ahead and do it? So it's really looking at all the options, looking at the list, and then having those those conversations with yourself and with your your colleagues about what those possibilities are. And you know, one of the things one of the things I like to say about any exercise in prioritization, particularly within an organization, is that it really is an exercise in intellectual honesty, right? So you can have a best case scenario, glass half, you know, glass half full, really optimistic view that might need to be tampered down a bit, right? To get you to that intellectual honesty that's that's really needed to make a decision ultimately to go ahead and do something. So that's number one, is clarifying the possibilities. Number two is saying yes and saying no to those things that you will do and the things you won't do in a given year. So once you're clear on that laundry list of things, right? So maybe, like I said, you end up with 20 possibilities. You have to take a really clear-eyed look and you have to pick. And I think a lot of times this is where folks get stuck in organizations and in teams and it becomes challenging. So really looking and saying yes or no for each of those possibilities. Um, I think that there is so much that has to happen, right, that we believe is really important and really has to happen. And it's really being honest, again, with yourself and with those around you to say, you know, does this really have to happen? Is this really, really critical that we do this right now? One way of sort of getting to that number of yeses and nos is looking at the constraints and the resources that you have in your organization to accomplish the work. So one might be obviously finances, right? So budget, how much is something going to cost us to do? How many things can we take on? What is our what is our financial impact of doing all these things we want to do? Another would be people. So what's the people impact of all of your goals and all of your priorities and all the things you want to do? Another one that I think I mentioned a little bit earlier that I think sometimes gets missed is what is the cumulative impact of all the things you might want to do on your end stakeholder that this thing affects? So maybe it's your clients and your customers, maybe it's your employees, but how much change and impact to them is being created by not just one singular thing, project, initiative, priority, but the collective total of everything you want to do. And really looking at that and saying, okay, is that reasonable to ask that? Is that reasonable to think that they could adapt to that or, to, or could embrace all of that well? So those are good litmus tests, if you will, for saying yes and saying no. And so you have to do that. You have to say yes and say no to those things that are really important. And I think the saying no is, is like I said, the more critical of the two because it, it's setting the expectation with the organization that, no, there really are things we aren't doing, which, you know, if you're a aggressive, competitive, 
focused organization, it's hard, right? It's hard to, to do that sometimes. The third item after we say yes and say no is declaring and putting into action those decisions. So once you've really chosen, right, and you've gone through this process of making these decisions, yes and no, you have to declare those priorities to those around you, both in words and in writing and in your behavior of what you're going to be talking about. So you have to demonstrate to those around you that you're serious about what you're saying, right? So you, we, we, we went through an exercise. We landed with these five or 10. These are the five or 10. This is what we're doing to put these in place. Here are the 10 that didn't make it. We aren't doing these. If there's any activity that's happening around these, we should put that on pause or whatever the case might be until 2023 or you know whatever whatever the right language is. But it's that messaging of this is not a priority and we're not gonna, we're not gonna pursue it. And I think that that's really, really critical because especially in big organizations or even in small organizations, any sort of mixed messages become difficult for folks to absorb. And so I think being extremely clear about what you're not doing is really critical as well as the behavior that leaders set when they um, when they go about their day-to-day. So what meetings are they going to? What conversations are they in? What goals are they setting for their team? Are they in line with these priorities that um, have been agreed to, have been decided, um, whether they be yes or no? The last one that I would say, and this one is a little bit more soft, a little bit more um, hard to put your hands on, on a little bit. It's not really a step necessarily, but it's really throughout this whole process and this exercise, both at the beginning and at the end and throughout is really practicing courage. So my guess is that while you may attempt these first three things, right, if it's not done well today, it's going to be a challenge for those around you because maybe this is new. This is where they want to be ultimately. They want to have better priorities. Maybe they intellectually know that something has to be different, but it's, it's new, it's different. And so being the one who speaks up and sort of challenges that status quo at times is, is, both difficult but necessary. So questioning, you know, guys, we said we were we we had we had ten priorities, but yet we're talking about number thirteen and fourteen on our list that we agreed we weren't doing. Is that really what we should be talking about? Should we be having a conversation about that? That's diverting effort from, you know, priority number four and five that we said is really really critical to our success. So I think it's important for folks who want to do this well and want to be successful at setting prioritizations, uh, priorities for their organizations and teams to really practice courage, demonstrate candor, demonstrate intellectual honesty, and have some of these tougher conversations where, where they're needed. So what is the impact of not doing this? Um, you know, if, if you sort of go, go through the process and you don't really think critically about this and it's sort of business as usual, how we've always done it, what happens if we just throw the spaghetti at the wall? We're not willing to have these intellectual honesty that I'm talking about. Maybe we're not able to because we've been given the direction to do all of it. You know, been given the direction to do everything on that list of 20 things, and, and there's not going to be any any uh, cutting of any items. A few things that I've seen um, that can happen: you can get watered down outcomes because of this fragmented effort, right? So you've got lots of people doing lots of things and maybe you get marginal success across all of them but you don't get really focused 
really strong, positive outcomes, the ones you were seeking, mind you, the ones that were in that initial business case, right, that financial business case or that, you know, the business case about the client impacts or whatever it might be, when it gets watered down because of too much going on, you get watered down outcomes. And I think it's really important to understand that 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 happens. You get people who are burned out. You get people who are frustrated because they they see that watered down impact or maybe the outcomes aren't going to be as strong as they uh, they would have liked or that the organization would have liked, but yet we're still focusing all of this energy. And then you get obviously delays in timelines, compromises on scope, um, a lot of things that maybe you don't want to have, all because you're trying to fit too much in. What is the impact if you get it right? So what happens if you get all of this right, you do some of these things well, you get the opposite of the negative. So you get really strong outcomes, you get commitment from your organization and your team, both the people that are working on the efforts you're prioritizing and those that are impacted by it. So you're, if you're working on a bunch of employee-related priorities and projects, those employees feel the benefit of those changes. If it's client-related or customer-related, they feel the benefits of those changes. You get a team who has the joy and satisfaction of success and knowing that it was deliberately caused and it wasn't accidental. It didn't just happen um, in spite of all the things we were doing. It happened because we were really focused and we were really committed to it and we wanted to do it right. You gain trust from your employees that is important for the future when you try to do this again. So wanted to share these with you all today. Again, we're headed into a new year in a few weeks. Um, I hope all of you take some time to reflect and take some time away from your teams and your organizations to really think about some of the personal things, which we're going to talk about here shortly, and go into the new year as you wrap up these prioritization exercises or continue them into 2022 um, with some of these new things in mind um, if you haven't thought about them before. But wanted to share those just from experience and just from my perspective um, on what makes organizational priority setting really, really done well and maybe some of the, the pitfalls and the, the positives, um, pitfalls when it's done wrong and the, pit, uh, the positives when it's done right. Also wanted to share today a bit about personal priorities, right? So We've got people listening to the podcast who are um, leading teams, which is why I wanted to share that first part. And we've got people, all people, who are, uh, whether they're leading teams, whether they're individuals that are you know, working parents or individual contributors in some way, and wanted to talk about the importance of really, really good priorities from a personal perspective. And you know, in preparation for this, I did a little bit of research on you know what are the personal priorities and habits of really successful and happy individuals. So if you look at people, whether they be billionaires or executives or um, people who are authors about um, life and business and success and happiness, people that we would say seem to have it all together. Or maybe you know them well and they do have it all together. So these are people you've observed in your personal life. Maybe it's a family member or a friend. Maybe it's you. Maybe you're pretty good at this already and you're always trying to refine your habits and your your personal uh, priorities and make them better and better and better. There's some things that stick out to me that I think are really key and they are they are ingrained into the lifestyle of successful, happy people. And you see it time and time again. 
So whether you're looking at, you know, a few people that came up as I was reading, um, if you look at someone like a Jeff Bezos, if you look at like a Richard Branson, if you look at someone like Oprah, you know, I don't know how happy these people are. I don't know them personally, but there's no doubt you could say that they're successful. You know, in the case of Jeff Bezos, he's certainly has built a successful organization. So if you look at it just from that perspective, but again, if you expand it to be about happiness and fulfillment and having a worthwhile, positive life, you kind of have these themes come up. And so some of the things I wanted to share that come up for me um, in the research I've done and certainly that I value and that kind of resonate with me a bit are the ones I'm going to mention. And there are five of these I wanted to share today. And there's a longer list than this for sure. We could definitely spend more time on this, but I I thought I'd share some of these that, that really resonate with me. The first would be really focusing on personal health. And, you know, there's a reason why this appears on nearly every list that you can find about success, happiness, well-being, mental health, is really focusing on your physical health. Eating right, exercise, prioritizing sleep, drinking water, you know, all of these things are really, really critical to a person's priorities, happiness, to their physical health and their happiness. And so for me, you know, I don't really believe in extremes. Um, You know, you meet those people from time to time who are, you know, they've sworn off chocolate, they've sworn off sugar, they've sworn off carbs. You know, you go out to dinner with them, they, they're getting like the kale salad, they're not getting dessert, and you're sitting there and you're like, oh my goodness, what, if, what is this person doing? I could never do this. I, I tend to, in those situations, not that I, I don't know too many people like that, but when that happens to me, I tend to just do what I want and get the thing I want to eat in moderation, right? So, you know, you don't make all those choices all the time. I don't, like I said, I don't really believe in black and white, not making any of those kinds of decisions ever, those, those choices ever. Um, but I think generally speaking, it's good to be very mindful of your, your physical health habits. Um, I know we've got parents that listen to this show. I will tell you that when it comes to things like sleep, exercise, and eating right, some of this you got to take it with a grain of salt. So having had three children, I can tell you there are certain times of life where, where habits um, about your health have to be sort of put on the back burner a little bit, right? So when it comes to your sleep, certainly if you have a young, young baby, it's not going to work out very well. Um, if your children are sick, it's very difficult to get exercise in. I, I totally get all of that. So generally speaking, I think focusing on health is really, really critical. The second one I would share is also really important to priorities of being happy, being successful. And this would be finding a hobby that you really love and sticking with it. Finding something that you enjoy doing and trying to make a point to do it as often as you can. So, you know, for some people, you know, I, I know there are men that like to golf, you know, there's sports, there's, you know, artistic things, there's cooking. For me, I like to cook, I like to bake, I, like, I wish I had more time to do it, but when I do it, I enjoy it. Um, being creative with trying new recipes or trying, trying new things that you haven't tried before. So I think that is um, a really, really important thing. Doing something that you enjoy that you are not being forced to do, if, you know, forced quote unquote um, because it's your job or you're getting a paycheck for it, but something that you really, really love doing is a critical um, element from a personal priorities perspective. Focusing on your spiritual health. So whether it be prayer, church, scripture reading, 
finding a community of like-minded folks who um, believe in your faith practice the way that you do, whatever that is, there is lots of research, lots of um, reading, lots of writing, lots of people who will tell you making those things a priority is important. So I know for me, I look forward to church every week. I look forward to having time where I can sit and reflect and pray. I look forward to being around people who are also of the same mindset because it keeps me focused on the right things. It keeps my mind right. It keeps me in the right the right frame of mind to go about the rest of my life. And without it, I don't think I would be as happy, as healthy, as successful. The fourth one is really thinking about and writing down your desires and aspirations for your life. Where do you want to be? When do you want to get there? Really spending time to think about where you're going and not just being on autopilot. You know, what do you desire and what steps are you taking to get to that place that you desire? So whether it be in the realm of your relationships, your health, your travel. So, you know, are do you love to travel and have you done it lately? Most of us have probably haven't done it as much with COVID. But, you know, is that something you really want to do and do you want to build that into your life and how is it going to get there? Um you know, what other things are important to you? What are these aspirations and things that light you up that you really want to focus on? And how do you build that into your life more? And then the last one I'll share is, uh, this is the, f- the fifth one here, really forgetting about your to-do list often and allowing yourself to be creative and artistic in some way. So it's very easy to get sucked into the to-do list. You know, I've mentioned before, I'm a pretty type A personality by nature. Um, It's very easy to get sucked into, I have to do this, I have to do this, I have to do this. And then after that, I have to to do this other thing. Whether that be from a personal perspective or a work perspective, getting sucked into that sort of checking things off the list. And, and not being in a place where you can be creative and artistic and doing things that are maybe using a different part of your brain. So, you know, for me, I'll be honest, doing this podcast for me is a creative outlet. So I enjoy writing. I enjoy speaking. I enjoy words and how you put ideas together to form arguments and form form sentences and content and for me I have to do all of those things creatively to do this podcast on a weekly basis and so for me this is kind of fun I mean it it serves a purpose from a business perspective absolutely but it's a fun thing it's a fun element of what I'm doing and so whether it be for work or or not I encourage everyone to find something that they really really love to do you know maybe it was something you did at another point in your life and you have forgotten how much you loved it because time has gone by, you got busy, you had children, you got, had a job that you know, had you work in 60, 70 hours a week, but you want to get back to doing that thing that you really, really loved that was creative for you that kind of, like I said, um, used a different part of your brain. I encourage you to do that. Maybe in 2022, that will be the year that you get back into that thing, and I, I think it should be. So these few things, improving physical health, finding a hobby that you love and sticking with it, focusing on your spiritual health, thinking about and writing down your desires and aspirations, and finding some creative and artistic, artistic outlet, um, and, and forgetting about that to-do list. Those are the five things I wanted to share around personal priorities that I think are really, really important and valuable. 
So I realize that a lot of what I'm saying, both from an organizational side as well as from a personal side, are a bit idealistic, right? Everybody's got a unique set of circumstances in their company, in their team, in their individual life. I totally get that. So a lot of what I'm saying is sort of these concepts very idealized, right? And to really make this actionable to a specific situation or specific person or specific team, it takes more effort. Take, it's more nuanced. You really have to apply these concepts. You have to get under the covers and the details and really digest them to be able to take action. And so that is something I would love to get involved with for you, whether it be on the personal side of things or the organizational side of things. Um, if there is an area you're struggling with in your business or as a person, you know, I spend a lot of time talking about parents. Parenting is a big focus of what I'm trying to do in my business in 2022, helping parents reach their goals. If there is something I can help you with in either of those aspects, please reach out to me. Reach out to me on LinkedIn. Reach out to me on my website, ReneeVincelli.com. You can actually go there and schedule a session, a free consultation via my calendar. You can send me an email at Renee at ReneeVincelli.com. Any and all of those ways are ways that you can connect with me and reach out to me if you want to hear more and learn more about anything I offer um, or if there's a specific need that you have, I would love to help you. I would love to help um, help be involved to get you set up in a strong way for 2022 as we look to the new year here in just a few weeks. So that is all for now, folks. Remember, people are greater than performance. People are the creators of performance. And people come before performance. Hope you have a great week. Thank you.